Welcome to Buy the Books, the podcast helping business owners navigate the complex world of business, tax, and bookkeeping. Now, to the owner and president of Secline, Lindsay Klein. Hi, everyone. This is Lindsay Klein, owner of Secline, where honest, accurate bookkeeping is performed on time. And you can find my website at secline.com, S-A-K-L-I-N-E.com. I'm really excited to start this podcast. I've been waiting to do this for a long time. And I want to use this first episode to talk a little bit about me and my background. Um, For my clients, I know it can be a nerve-wracking thing, handing books over to somebody that you don't know. So I love the thought of having this place for you guys to come see a little window into me and who I am and what I'm about, my philosophy, and how I got started. I actually got started in bookkeeping when I was a child. My um, dad has a masonry contractor business. And when I was a preteen, probably 11 or 12 years old, he decided to start showing me how to do the bookkeeping for his business. And um, this was back before I even think Microsoft Excel existed, or if it did, I didn't know about it. And we used Lotus 123 and we had Quicken. We didn't even have QuickBooks at the time. So um, he showed me how to code his checkbook transactions and to do his payroll. Um, So my exposure to bookkeeping came very early on. Um, A few years after that, my mom started a company, and I also did her bookkeeping. And from that, one of her clients heard I was doing it. Um, She owned a baby store and asked if I could come help her with her sales tax and her bookkeeping. So before I had even graduated high school, I already had a ton of exposure to the world of bookkeeping and accounting. Um, In fact, my aunt was a CPA and she brought me in to help in her accounting department that she led as a controller. And I got some exposure to doing a sales tax audit when I was 16 years old. So um, that was really unique and special that I got to have that much experience under my belt before I even was through high school yet. Um, And as a young adult, I started in corporate America Um, as a low man on the totem pole, at an accounting department, as a clerk, and I was hungry. I wanted to learn. So everything they gave me, I learned and conquered it the best way that I could and was just given more and more responsibilities. And within a couple of years after that, I was leading the entire accounting department, had a staff underneath me, and I hadn't even attended one day of college yet. So I sort of did things backwards. I do have my accounting degree now, but at that point in time, I didn't. Um, And eventually moved on to an international company that had multiple subsidiaries, um, had exposure to doing inventory, importing, exporting, um, international taxes, VAT returns, multi-currencies. So that was an exciting experience. I love to be challenged. So I had lots of challenges there, lots to learn. And that was exciting for me. Um, At that point in time, I was married with two kids. And my world was completely turned upside down at 28 years old. Um, My husband passed away. I had a five-year-old and a 14-month-old at the time. And it's kind of surreal looking back on it now, but in the moment it felt like 
somebody had taken my life and shook it up like a snow globe and set it back down because everything I thought my life was headed towards, all of a sudden, everything was disrupted. Um, and it was pretty traumatic. Um, I will never forget the day that my husband died. Um, he was at the time working as an engineer and going to school in, in the evenings for his master's degree. And I wasn't expecting him home very early because he had class after work, but it got to be so late, way past the time he should have been home, and kept calling him and texting him, trying to figure out where he was. No response. And looking back on it now, it's very interesting because somehow I knew, and I don't know how I knew, but I, I remember very distinctly having this feeling in my gut of dread and loss. And even though I had no, I, no way of knowing why he wasn't answering my calls or my messages, somehow I knew. I had this sixth sense. And I started panicking. And I'm not a panicker. I'm not a worrier. I'm usually the person in an emergency. I'm very calm and level-headed. But somehow I just, I had this sixth sense that something very, very, very much was wrong. And I took my kids over to my parents' house and my mom saw my state of mind and she, she was like, all right, let's get in the car. Let's go find, find Ben. And uh, we started driving to his workplace. And I remember on the way there, I was calling the Dallas Police Department asking if they could go and do a well check, you know, search his, his school, search his workplace and, and try to find him for me. And um, to this day, I will never forget how rude that 911 operator was to me. I mean, her attitude towards me was just, why can't you go look yourself? <laughs> and I just remember thinking, I can, but you can get there faster than me. So I was just in this even more escalated state of frustration. And I'll never forget pulling into the parking lot where he worked, the first thing I saw was this big tow truck and my husband's car was on top of it. And there was a policeman standing next to it. And immediately before my mom could even stop the car, I jump out and run up to this police officer. And I, I pointed to the car and said, that's my husband's car. Where is my husband? And in response, he gave me this blank deer in headlights look like, oh no. <laughs> and he immediately kind of just reached his hands out and said, wait right here, ma'am, just, just wait right here. And he wouldn't answer my question, which of course was not lost on me. So my panic level is just rising. And I remember saying to him, just tell me my husband's okay. I'll stay here, but I need you to tell me my husband's okay. And he wouldn't answer me. He just kept saying, ma'am, stay right here. Just stay here. He was very adamant about me staying there. So then I tried a, dif a different tactic and said, just tell me my husband's alive. I just need you to tell me my husband's alive. Just tell me that and I'll stay here. And he wouldn't even tell me that. He just continually kept saying to me, I'm just, just stay right here. Don't move. Stay here. We'll be right back. And he starts walking around the corner, around the building. And of course, I did not stay there. <laughs> I followed him. And I'll never forget turning the corner around the building and it looked like half the police department was there. There was cops everywhere. The hazmat team was there and I absolutely lost it. I mean, it's just, I knew. And I started just crying in hysterics and my mom was trying to console me and she kept telling me, we don't know anything yet. Calm down. We don't know anything yet. 
And there was a detective there that came up to me and said two words. I'm sorry. And I absolutely lost it. I was just hysterically sobbing at that point. And I remember he took me to the side of the parking lot to the curb and I just sat there and sobbed for probably 10 or 15 minutes before anyone said anything. Just everyone was just standing there just kind of like in this surreal moment. And finally I calmed down to enough where he could start talking to me and told me what happened. And he told me that um, my husband had either jumped or fallen from the sixth floor parking garage and there had been someone there on the bottom floor that saw it as soon as it happened and had called the police. And he kept asking us questions about family history and mental health history. And my mom and I both were just shaking our head adamantly like, there's no way he did this. He, he did not choose this. He didn't, I couldn't even wrap my head around my husband choosing to do that. It, it just wasn't even in my consciousness that he could have done that. Um, as time went on and they started investigating and getting camera footage and looked at his computer and his phone, they saw that he was looking up ways to commit suicide, that he had tried to originally go up on the roof of the office building and the roof access was locked, so he went down to the parking garage. So the evidence all pointed to the fact that he did indeed choose to take his own life. But I remember at the time being so confused. And even to this day, I really don't have the answer as to why. And I kept thinking, there's going to be a note. There's going to be something. I'm going to find something. He left something. There's got to be some explanation to this. And I remember just going through everything. I went through all his phone history, his computer history, looked through everything in his desk, all of his notes, notepads. I kept thinking, okay, maybe he sent something in the mail. Maybe I'll get something in a few days. I looked for answers for so long and never got any. And that, that was just probably the most frustrating part is having this traumatic event happen and not knowing why it happened. And he was my best friend in the whole world and had been my best friend for years. So that was the most surreal part of it is here I have this person I've been doing life together with that knows everything about me. I know everything about him or so I thought. And then just like that, he's gone. And so that was a very life-altering event, obviously, and I was not okay for a while. Um, and I was just sort of lost. Like, what do I do now? What, where am I going? What am I doing? Up until that point, I had been very fearful of going to college. It was daunting to me. Um, I, neither of my parents had graduated college. Um, I was homeschooled from kindergarten to 12th grade. So I had never been in a classroom environment at all and um, didn't really even know anything about the world of academia. So it was, it was just overwhelming to me. But for whatever reason, when my husband died, I just decided I'm going to start facing fears. I'm, I'm just going to let this event cause me to accomplish things that I otherwise would not have accomplished. And one of those things was college. And I remember when I first registered for classes, I signed up for one class because I didn't know what to expect. I was terrified. 
Um, so I signed up for an English class at the advice of the um, advisor at college. And um, I remember going in that first day. I had no idea what to expect. I had never been in a classroom before. I was totally out of my element. Um, and of course, I had all of this career experience behind me. So I'm coming into the situation with that context. And so to this day, looking back on it, it makes me crack up. But my first day of school, I'm literally going up to students and reaching out my hand and introducing myself. <laughs> um, and my husband that I'm married to now he was in that very first class and he still laughs about this to this day about this girl that's coming into the classroom and shaking people's hands and introducing herself and he laughs about it and tells me at first i thought you were the teacher <laughs> so i was a fish out of water but i quickly really got acclimated in that environment and found that i really enjoyed it and did really well in college. I actually eventually came to be a Terry scholar, got a full ride to UNT after I finished my um, time at my community college, um, graduated community college with a 4.0, um, graduated UNT with magna cum laude, um, was just really, I really, really enjoyed it actually. And it was a great place for me to kind of adapt to what had just happened to me. Um, and it, it was a place, it was brand new. It was something that, it was a new challenge for me. It was something that I could focus my energies and efforts into and sort of heal from what had just happened. And in 2012, the year after my husband died, that is when I started Secline. And I was able to do bookkeeping part-time as I was going to school, for the most part, full-time. And that's what got me through college. And it was an immense help to me having that little bit of income coming through as I'm trying to finish school and get my accounting degree, which I did in December 2019. I finally finished. And um, now it's like, all right, I'm going to do this for real, like as my job. And that's scary a little bit because I don't have that paycheck to count on every two weeks. But at the same time, I'm excited about the prospect of helping business owners. I'm passionate about that. I'm a small business owner and I understand the struggles that small business owners are going through. And to whatever capacity I can be of help and assistance to other small business owners, I want to do that. And I'm passionate about that. So that is one of the reasons why I've started this podcast um, to try to help small business owners that maybe are just getting started, or maybe they've been doing it a while, but you're confused about tax issues and things that that I myself have had to go and research and look into. And I'm like, all right, if I'm if I'm wondering about this, if I'm struggling with this, then there's probably other business owners also struggling and wondering about these things. So to whatever degree I can be of help and assistance, I want to do that. And I'm passionate about doing so. So I look forward to this journey of helping you guys in any way that I can with your businesses. And again, you can find my website on sakline.com, S-A-K-L-I-N-E. Oh, and by the way, the name. I've had people ask me about the name, so I need to talk about that. The name is representative of these three stages of my life. Smith, 
which is the S in Secline, that's my maiden name. That's kind of representative to me of how I got started in this with my dad teaching me and all the background that I had prior to getting married. A is Andrews. That stands for Andrews. And that was my husband's name that passed away, Ben Andrews. So that is kind of that middle stage in my life when I first got married as a young adult, when I first started out in corporate America, um, the experience that I had with that international company. So that was sort of the phase right there in the middle when I was married to him. And then Klein is the rest of the word. So Klein, K-L-I-N-E, is my current name. And that is representative of the period I'm in now, where I, when I started college and getting married to um, Lee Klein and starting my company and where I am today. So that's what the name means. And I know it's kind of weird. People are always asking me how to pronounce it. I don't care. I am not offended if it's not pronounced correctly. It's not even a word. So I don't feel like you can even mispronounce it. So however you like to say it, I'm good with it. All right. Well, thank you guys so much. I really appreciate you taking the time to join me today. So in my next episode, I want to talk about limited liability companies and how they can opt to be taxed as either an S corporation or a C corporation and why you might want to consider doing that. Thanks so much for listening. Talk to you guys next time. Bye. By the Books is presented by Secline, honest, accurate bookkeeping performed on time. For more information on Secline services or to get a hold of Lindsay, visit secline.com or email info at secline.com. The information provided on this website and podcast does not and is not intended to constitute legal advice. Instead, all information, content, and materials available are for general information purposes only. Information provided by Secline may not constitute the most up-to-date legal or other information. Listeners should contact their attorney to obtain advice with respect to any particular legal matter and should refrain from acting on the basis of this information without first seeking legal advice from counsel in the relevant jurisdiction. Only your individual attorney can provide assurances that the information contained herein and your interpretation of it is applicable or appropriate to your particular situation.